Hi everybody, this is Nick. I just wanted to say welcome to Nick Flanagan Weekly. Your fourth time a week, four times a week podcast good time. Sometimes it's a good time, sometimes it's a great time. Other times it's a wistful melancholic time. Today might be all kinds of things. There's all sorts of stuff happening this week. I'm going to try to be... uh, um, not succinct, but just just one by one. I'm going to hope that the ADHD does not deter me from staying on one topic for at least 10 minutes. Let's see if I can pull that off. And ADHD seems like a great place to start with this because Yashar Ali, a uh, Twitter user... Uh, I think he's blown a couple of stories way up. I can't remember if it was Rob Ford, but I know he's gotten a lot of attention and a lot of different stories. He writes for New York Magazine, and he, seemingly out of nowhere, did a lengthy Twitter thread about ADHD and how it affected him, and it really rang true. But what's funny is I uh, didn't see it until after... Um, I tweeted something because I saw ADHD was trending and what I tweeted uh, there were just so many similarities in terms of of what we said especially that you know one case of ADD is nothing like another so a lot of people have it just manifests itself differently in any person by the way this is Nick Flanagan Weekly, your four-time-a-week podcast. I got really excited, and I launched right into my ADHD talk, and I forgot to say, do you like the new theme song? The song I'm singing over is called What is Math? And it's by Wrong Hole, which is one of my bands. We are at wrongholemusic.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more. And uh, I've updated my Patreon. There's going to be a thing at the end. Uh, explaining to you where you can find that. And uh, just getting back to ADHD. I already went off on one tangent. What do you know? Uh, A big thing is just that you really, really, really don't want to be screwing up as you are. So it's not exactly like, you know, knowingly doing the wrong thing. It's more about intending to do the right thing and then messing it up somehow uh, in the planning stages. So it's about trying to organize something, getting lost in the details, and then that thing petering out. It's about starting a story about starting a story that could be on the level of Victor Hugo's famous magnum opus, The Miserables, and then you get into the world, the first line, which is, they were miserable! (laughs) Exclamation mark. I mean, I don't know why you'd have to be writing something that was that close to Les Miserables, but the first line's late. They were miserable! And next thing you know, uh, you haven't written anything else. And you're ten years older. It's about having a thousand dollars and using it to buy a fur jacket and then you don't have a thousand dollars and you live in sunny climes you didn't want to spend the money on that jacket but you had the money and the jacket was there 
Plus, PETA's mad at you now. And you don't want PETA to be mad at you because what will you put in the hummus at that point? And then what's so interesting, and I've brought up so many times, is that you can't use this as an excuse. You have to use it as an explanation. But when it keeps happening, it's and, and it's the reason it's happening, and you accept the blame, that just piles on and on and on. And on and on. <coughs> also, it's really funny because today I had an event occur that um, was directly related to ADD, and it was a big mistake, and... Then I saw today the dang thing was trending. So maybe everyone with ADHD made a simultaneous mistake today. Who can say? I don't have the statistics handy. But as I've said before, if you are someone listening who has ADHD or ADD, um, I think the best thing to do is to not even go on the internet, but really find a a group in your city, maybe through the, the chat organization, and, and uh, sit down with some people. And the first time I did it, it was very difficult because the side effects were very dire sounding and people read them off at the beginning of this meeting and the people were in various um, Christ, you know, levels of what would you call function, function, you know, under AD or, you know, function to dysfunction with ADHD and... As I've gone to more groups and I've realized even the ones who seem like they're dysfunctional aren't. They are in really intelligent. They've lived interesting lives. And uh, you can really have feelings resonate and actually learn how to label your behavior and why you're doing what you do. But yeah, screwing up today just reminded me how hard it is to manage and how hard it is to control and and, uh, how much I need to do. And I've been focusing, you know, almost a year now. It's crazy, but, you know, in in three or four months, I'll have been back in this country for a year. And uh, I'm putting so much focus into this, as much as I can, which is not very much focus due to the ADHD. But how slow the progress can be, but it is progress. So I'm trying to remember that. And, you know, um, and I'm trying to stay sexy because if you can keep your sexy manliness and anybody can be manly, I'm not saying it's just men, your sexy, hairy chested manliness. And that doesn't just apply to men. You can keep going moment to moment, especially if you have a fluffy little cat to look at and, I've never told you this about the cat, but he's so furry that you can't see his butt. Isn't that beautiful? The next thing I wanted to talk about was Brody Stevens. Brody Stevens was such an amazing comedian. He is uh, one of one. Of, he was one of the most memorable comics in America and certainly one of the most memorable if not the most memorable comic who performed around the Los Angeles uh, comedy scene and he was very 
he was so capable. I mean, he was a guy who'd been doing it for many, many, many years and toured, and yet he really retained an independent streak. And I don't mean that uh, in a business sense, but I really mean that as a performer. He was one of a kind. And he projected so many funny, different feelings all at once. Uh, controlled anarchy, um, joy, pain, everything. And I'm bringing up Brody Stevens because if you were if you were watching the news or anything this weekend, he he died. Uh, he he took his life. I think that that's out there, and um, he was someone who always struggled with that and was open about it. I remember there was a very public sort of a Twitter thing where he really seemed to be in trouble, and uh, and then if you'd run into him, he would he'd often just tell you about the drugs he was on and and uh, and about what he was doing for his health or how he was feeling, and and his podcast, which was called Stephen Brody Stevens Festival of Friendship, on Feral Audio. Um, I th- hope it's still around because it was such a great podcast. It was just really awesome. He did these periscopes as well where he was walking around his neighborhood. And he he, he was just, to me, a great example of what I love about stand-up comedy. And that is just how indescribably good... A performer can make you feel just with what they're projecting and how you don't really know what to expect and uh he was a, he was such a great live performer um he he incorporated self-doubt into his act in a very appealing way <laughs> uh he knew the names of baseball players and you know, he, he just was incredibly special. I, I, I don't want to go too deep uh, down this hole. I'm going to include a, a <laughs> down this hole. I don't know. That's not the right way to des- describe what I'm talking about. But I just mean there were a lot of people who knew Bro- Brody far better than I did and who saw him perform far more than I did. But uh, I did perform a lot with uh, at some shows with him and, uh, especially one in Ottawa is memorable because Chris Locke and I, uh, another comedian, Chris Locke, we uh, we had dinner with him afterwards at like midnight, you know, at some weird diner in Ottawa. And uh, it was just great hanging out with him. And on top of that, he was just such an amazing comic. I even found an old thing where on Facebook, I guess when I Facebook friend requested him in 2007, I think long before I knew him, um, I just started, I sent him a message saying how happy I was (laughs) that he accepted my friend request. And he just sort of wrote me these funny one word answers in this embarrassing conversation I had with him. I, on my end, I was saying some really crazy things. Uh, turns out I'm a huge awkward fanboy when I revisit all of my old emails to comedians I liked. But that's fine. So if you don't know Brody Stevens, I just advise that you acquaint yourself with uh, some of his super deluxe stuff that's on YouTube and 
with uh, his his HBO sh- or his Comedy Central show. Enjoy it, enjoy it, and uh, whatever you can find of his. And if if you did uh, happen to see or or know Brody, um, you know. This is this is a hard thing. So rest in peace, Brody Stevens. We love you, buddy. I also wanted to talk about there's this really convoluted. It's not as convoluted as it sounds, but there's this crisis in Canadian comedy right now. So it involves uh, taking away a revenue stream that is uh, very important to uh, working comics in Canada. In fact, it basically allows them to be working comics. Um, so just look up Canadian Comedians Sirius XM on, on Google or on Twitter. You'll get an idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, and, and hopefully in an episode soon, I'll be able to sort of talk to someone in depth about this or, or I'll be able to compose myself with, with this. But I really wanted to say... Uh, check check it out because it's an important issue for Canadians and for comedians and I really think for comedians across the world because um, as we offer more and more as there's more comedians more comedy more entertainment um in some people's mind, the value will go down, and they will try to make us make less money. And none of us, a lot, ninety-nine percent, don't make a lot of money anyway. The one who sassed the unsassable. So this guy Rucker Bregman. I was watching this segment. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It's it's called just Tucker Carlson owned. You can probably, or Poo-Owned, P-W-N-E-D. You find that on the YouTube's machine, and then you'll see uh, that, you know, he gets hot, I'm hot under the collar, and you're watching it, and you're like, yeah, Bretka, tell him, tell him who's boss, we're the underdog, and uh, it feels good. And it's just the biggest problem with things right now is how good it feels to watch an argument that you're on the side of be one when in reality who cares you're just having a visceral response it's just soothing it's like taking an antidepressant will it get you out there in the streets fighting the billionaires well if so Rucker did his job but if not Rucker's part of the machine I actually did look into this guy more, and he has some pretty fun ideas, and, you know, um, fun's the wrong word, but he has all kinds of idealistic ideas, and if you tell me that uh, there's some guy and he's like, hey, I got an idea for the future. Yes? What is it? Tell it to me now! Tell it to me in the present! You want me to tell you about the future in the present? Yes! Well, that seems a little contradictory. Just tell me! Okay. And then they say that the future... I want nobody to have a job. I want everyone to make $100,000 a year. I want everyone to live in a yurt, but like a high-tech yurt. I'm going to say yes, please. I'm going to start calling this guy daddy. So, yeah, I'll get behind any utopianism. And uh, 
this feels like a good time to say my friend Chris Locke has a podcast called Utopia to Me. It's really good. <laughs> Rutger Bregman. I feel like America was just dying to have some sort of European guy tell it that it sucks. I, I can't explain it right. It's like some sort of circular justice. They left Europe and now they want Europe to be like, oh, we are now much cooler than you. What country was that? Just Europe in general. How do I become a globalist? Do I buy a globe? Put it in my window? Then if a globalist passes by, he knocks on the door and he says, I see you're part of this society. Well, folks, another episode has come and gone. And we've just had a delightful, lovely time because you're delightful and you're lovely. Delectable, delicious. Never stop being you. Just going to end talk about Brody Stevens one last time because he was so influential in a very interesting way. It was like his energy was what influenced people. Once you saw him, there was something about the spark that he had that it kind of gave you spark. I can't really explain it. You know, it's uh, it's not like you adopted his joke style. It's not like you adopted his, I think his cadence maybe. It's because it's so fun to talk in the Brody Stevens cadence, uh, which I hope you'll explore and see in the future. But, uh, yeah, he just he just had this kind of subconscious influence on the world of comedy. And, and it, it's, uh, you know, it's sad that that's gone. And it's just sad that someone who's, you know, a positive person and struggling with his own brain, you know, uh, he just, he, it just, it just sort of, you know, he tried his best. And, uh, yeah. So if you're not feeling well, just try and make it to the next day. Try and get out of the house. If you know someone who isn't feeling well, go to their doorstep and say, hey, you want to, can I drive you to and from a coffee shop or something or the gym? Because that's what it takes sometimes. And, uh, I'm sure people tried that sometimes. Anyway, I'm not going to get to be too much of a downer, but let's just say... The world is a vampire. And sometimes there are good vampires. It took me so long to get out of bed. I could not deal with this mistake I'd made which uh, let's just say involved missing an important appointment so I felt just awful so awful I felt like sick to my stomach you know what I mean I felt like someone had just showed me uh, banned from TV or an interview with R. Kelly or something I felt gross and sad and it took me so long to get out of bed get out of my room I, I got up the only time I got up was to look for my glasses and I didn't see my glasses anywhere so I got back in bed and like a half hour later I tried to find my glasses again and they were just in the bed next to me 
the heck is that? I guess that's why I wear glasses, admittedly. Slowly, slowly, slowly did I make the day work. Did I get a few things on the to-do list done? And you know what helped? Showering and shaving and taking a pill for my headache. Because <laughs> my body was achy. And uh, I felt a little bit better. And you know, that's just what we're all going through every day. <laughs> To various large and small extents. And that's why talking about Brody and what happened uh, with him, uh, you know, makes me so sad. But I would never, ever, ever make a judgment beyond just saying, you know, if we can help other people in any kind of way to get out of their heads. We, we should, but it's even hard to do that. However, with the calming music behind me, I feel like I can do anything. And I hope you can too. I hope you enjoyed this slightly different format for the show. And it still feels pretty unfocused, but I feel like I'm getting there. And um, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to Nick Flanagan Weekly. I really appreciate your support. And if you want to support the show any further, go to patreon.com slash nickflanagan and find out about paying $5 a month to help me do this and other things like stand-up. You can follow me on Instagram at nickflanaganweekly, Twitter at nickflanweekly, write me at weeklypodcast at gmail.com. Have a great life. Or just subscribe to it on iTunes, rate it, review it, and more than anything, just tell your friends if you like an episode, and hopefully they'll listen to it. Thanks. You're really a deer. I really think of you as a deer. A dear, dear person. I've never worn a G-string, but I put on a jock strap sideways. I was just goofing around. I was just like, I had lonely time. Where are you visiting from? I know you guys want to get going, I can tell. You're from Australia? That's a cool country, heard of it. Are you from Australia too? Thank you for being here. Are you from Australia? You married an Australian, but you're from America. What do you do here in America? Production. For a TV show or something? Events? Are you hiring? Like, I can pass out flyers. I'll stand out in a chicken suit. I'll stand out in a chicken suit on Sunset Boulevard and have people throw eggplant at me. That's where my career's at. Going up last. I'm glad you're here. You're here. I have an audience. Thank you. You know, but how would I have done in a packed house? Would I have done well? Would I have done well? How do you know that? How do you know that? Yeah, she wanted to be with me. Oh, God. Flanagan. Weekly. Oh, man. Nick Flanagan Weekly.